Blog Talk Radio. Souls on all levels and in all dimensions are on their own evolutionary journey. There is no end point, no specified timing, and no losers. Every soul goes through their own unique experiences, yet we all have much in common. The higher self's evolutionary perspective, then, builds bridges of understanding. Let's move the focus from division and conflict to acceptance and love of ourselves and others. Well, good morning, guys. It's Wednesday, and it's been a couple of weeks since I've done the video. The Two weeks ago, the video recorded, but the, the blog talk podcast only recorded the intro and the outro. So... I did redo that last week, so sorry for the delay. But in any case, welcome, welcome. This is Janet Richmond. I'm the Higher Self Voice. That simply means that I bring in Higher Self information. I share that all with you because it's, it's enlightening, it's incredibly uh, fascinating, and it also just is rife with, with help for us to make our lives better. And <clears throat> excuse me, I've got a little in my throat this morning. <coughs> anyway, today, because I'm in the random series of shows, this is actually what I was going to do last week, when, but when we had the technical problem, I had to redo. Oh, no, I was going to do it, but I did the healing instead because I had a request from a, from a listener. So I, I put this week's show on hold and but this week is very exciting. I do want to say that I want to give you my contact information. You probably have it, jvvmrichmond at gmail.com, Janet Victor Victor Mary Richmond at gmail.com. I just want you to have it if you have any suggestions, any comments, any requests, whether you want a healing on air or maybe you want a private session, whatever it is please contact. Maybe you just want to discuss something. You have some thoughts about something. Anything is fine. And I always respond to my emails. It isn't any kind of assistant. I don't have an assistant. So it's me. And maybe it'll take me a day, but I always get back to someone and I absolutely love hearing from you guys. We're really building a community. And I know in my meetup groups, the community is getting stronger and stronger and more and more connected. But we meet, we see each other. You know, we um, see each other every week. So it's a little different than on the radio and on the YouTube. But in any case, it's still a community of sorts. It's just a different kind. And these are the communi- communities that I'm working to build. So please know that communication with me is it's completely open door. All right. Now, <clears throat> excuse me. So we, uh, today, it's, the, the topic is what happens to the animal soul when a species goes extinct. And I want to give you first a little background. Starting, well, I've, over the years, I've gotten a little bit about animals, uh, animal evolution related to human evolution. I have a, I've had a piece of the issues that humans go through because they have not fully assimilated their animal soul 
when we move into from the animal kingdom into the human kingdom, we are operating mostly out of the animal nature. And it takes a very, very long journey to assimilate all that animal nature and move into the purity of the human nature. Okay. I've had some of that information, but the, the book that I wrote, uh, the second book on soul evolution, our journey through the human kingdom, the higher selves didn't want me to include that in this book, in that book. They have told me a long time ago that there's going to be another book somewhere down the line on soul evolution, the greater topic from mineral, plant, animal, human, and beyond. And so that book will be happening at some point. Uh, however, Joan got very little information on the animal in, uh, animal evolution. I've always known that I would be bringing it in on my own. And there's always stuff for me to bring in on my own. There are always holes to fill. There's always more going on. She was one person. She wasn't able to bring in everything. She left a huge legacy. This is Joan Culpepper. And it is a foundation for a lot of what I do because why reinvent the wheel? If she already brought something in, there are holes for sure. I fill those in. But I use that always as a starting point. So, but with the animal evolution, it's, it's going to be me bringing in most of the information. Well, the higher selves know that they need to give it to me over time so that I don't decide, well, I'm going to write this book and suddenly I have to bring it all in then. So last fall, I can't remember if I mentioned it on my show, I did go to Asia. I went to China, uh, I went to Borneo, and I went to Papua New Guinea. And a very dear friend of mine from high school uh, treated me. She took me on this trip of a lifetime, absolutely fabulous. But even before I went, the higher self indicated to me that it was this trip was going to be much more than seeing the animals in the wild. Now, that was huge enough for me to see, you know, orangutans in the wild, to see and touch uh, and feed uh, and care for pandas, to see all sorts of incredible amounts of birds. And, I mean, it was a trip of a lifetime. But while I'm there, the higher selves were downloading for me animal evolution. So... Because of weight concerns, we went to eco-lodges where the planes were required very minimum amount of weight. We could, you can't bring a big suitcase. It had to be very small. Um, <clears throat> and so I could not bring my computer on the trip. So what I did was I brought a notepad and I wrote it out. And I couldn't write fast enough. So what I have in my notes is really the tip of the iceberg. And... I did begin when I came back to start to type it into the computer. And let me just tell you, I didn't get very far on it because it's just so much. I'd read a paragraph and then it would be three pages <laughs> because I'd remember all the backstory that I just didn't have time to write. I was on a very busy trip. It wasn't like I had a lot of time. So when I, when I had time, whether it was a half an hour or an hour, I just got a huge amount of material and I couldn't write it all down in great detail. In any case, since then, there have been other opportunities since I've been back to bring in more about animal evolution and more about how it affects us in the human, in the human journey. And it was quite, it's been fabulous. I had a, have a client and for a while, whenever she had a private session with me, she asked me to spend the last 10 minutes of the session on 
one or more of her animals, both alive and or dead. And so I did that. And that, again, kind of helped grease the wheels because I told her I had very little experience with working to heal animals. I had done it a little bit, but she didn't seem to mind. I always gave her extra time, so I didn't feel like I was wasting her time. But anyway, the information was beautiful and exciting and enlightening. And that was, was and is a great thing. And so I, plus I've begun healing my own cat, um, cats and been getting information from there. And then the thing I want to tell you about today is I have meetup groups. I have informational groups where I'm doing a series and I also have a healing group where people attend and they get a healing from me. At one point, I gave for a few weeks, I don't remember, I just had the sense to give to the people the option. They could have a healing, they could ask a question, or perhaps they could even do both. If it was a small enough group, doing both was uh, possible. Now, the question would be to the higher selves. It wasn't about what are the lot, winning lottery numbers that week. The higher selves would never <laughs> address that kind of information. But in any case, um, before the healing actually started, before I went into frequency, I would sit there and talk to each person, get a general idea of what it was they wanted to ask or what it was that they wanted to heal. And this gal said, oh, what about the dinosaurs? And I go, okay. She didn't say anything further than that question. She just said, what about the dinosaurs? So I just I didn't really know where that question would lead the higher self, but I, they always come up with something so that I don't expect, or maybe that I expect, or, or maybe, I don't know. They, there's, always, there's always information. So I just said, okay. So I started and went around the room and I get to her and I, immediately what came up was a, symbolic picture of about 10, maybe 12 dinosaurs standing in front of me in a row. Some of them I recognized, you know, my son loved dinosaurs, so we had books on it and stuff, and I recognized in general the body shape. Remember, it's symbolic, so it isn't about any one dinosaur soul. It's just, here are the dinosaurs, and they were the ones between, I don't know, 50 and 200 million years ago. There was, you know, like the Brachiosaurus. That's the name I called it. I looked it up on Google, and the names are all different now, so I have no idea what they call them now. But, you know, there was the Tyrannosaurus Rex, and there were others that I recognized. I didn't remember the names of them. And there were a couple I, I'm like, what? <laughs> so, so up came this picture of the dinosaurs. And as I'm explaining to her the picture, the symbol is changing. The image is changing. And what's happening is the, there's images coming in front of each of the dinosaurs very fast, one image after another. And I knew, even though it was happening so fast, I couldn't pick up a specific image. But it was the image of, the, of, a, of, a, of a general dinosaur soul. So it wasn't any one, but it was an example of Every single one of those dinosaurs had images coming up showing the animals that they'd come into lifetime after lifetime after lifetime. 
So it was kind of like being in one of those funhouse mirror, uh, all of mirrors where you stand in it, and you can see yourself going back endlessly, repeating because you have mirrors behind you and in front of you, that kind of thing. And it was like that. The images of the dinosaur that just came flying up, flying toward me, layer after layer, hundreds, thousands. I, I didn't have time to count them, but I knew because the higher self were indicating that these were all the lifetime symbolically that the, that and a example, the examples of these dinosaurs would live. And then it stopped. Then the images stopped coming. And I saw at the end of each one for all 10 or 12 was another animal. And this is an animal. Each one was a more evolved animal than it was when it was a dinosaur. And I, I mean, it was fascinating and I'm looking and I'm trying to take it all in. You know, when you, when you lead a group, you're trying to be um, professional, you know, I was trying to keep it moving and trying to explain. And I'm in my mind going, wow, this is so cool. And the end animals were different. The end meaning where they were now. So some actually look like birds. Some look like other reptiles. Some look like uh, mammals, simple mammals. Uh, and a couple looked like uh, primates. And then there was one, maybe two, that looked like a very, very early human, like even pre-Neanderthal. I don't know what it would be pre-Neanderthal, but something very, very early, early human, as if that, that dinosaur had been around for so many eons of lifetimes, 200 million perhaps, or maybe 300 million, because the earlier dinosaurs started 300 years, million years ago. I don't know. I didn't get that kind of information, and it really wasn't important. But what this image did, guys, is it showed even though dinosaurs went extinct, their souls aren't lost. They continue to evolve. They continue to take on different animal forms, different in their own particular journey. And each one of these symbolic dinosaurs would have been on its own journey. And some would move faster. The journeys would be faster than others. Some started longer ago, and some were more recent dinosaurs. I mean, we're talking the difference between 50 million and 300 million years ago. So there's different starting points. But the higher styles were very clear. They gave this example to show that what? No soul is lost. None. No soul is lost. The dinosaurs may go extinct. But that doesn't mean the souls, they continue to evolve. Maybe there was some part of their journey that they were, it was important for them to go through the instinct experience, the going into extinction experience. Uh, maybe, who knows? Um, I can't make that decision. I don't know, know that at all. The higher self has never told me that. Keep in mind that the animal kingdom is on unconscious instinctive will. Its evolution is led through the pure soul essence. And so the journey doesn't have any 
resistance that we have here in the human kingdom because it's not free will. So the journey continues. And once you're an animal, if you're a mineral and a plant on any planet housing life, if you're um, a mineral or a plant, you stay on that planet. It isn't until you reach the animal kingdom that you begin to incarnate on different planets. So at the animal level, just like with humans, the animals continue to evolve on any and other any planets. So maybe those souls, if they are, they were in a dinosaur line at the point where they went extinct, they wouldn't necessarily, they're not hurt, that soul continues. Yes, they can't continue and return to that dinosaur line and have another life in that line because that line is now extinct. But they can go into, on the same planet, some other animal line or to another planet that has a dinosaur-type animal. And it wouldn't be exact, okay? It's just it isn't exact. But similar kind types of animals would be present on other planets. So, the meetup group kind of sat there a little bit stunned because they they had no idea that animal souls, I mean, you know, they didn't really think about it. Oh, well, right, animals do have souls. They knew that from my group, but they didn't put it together with extinction, but they caught on really quickly. And then what was the next question? out of somebody's mouth, and I don't remember. Oh, does this mean that we don't care about animals? Because if they go extinct or whatever, it doesn't matter because the soul goes on. Does that mean we just don't pay attention and we can just move off of that concern or or worry? (laughs) And that is kind of a logical question. Well, if the soul isn't lost, well, maybe we don't have to worry about animals becoming so rare or going extinct. I mean, maybe we just say, forget about it. Um, I'm not going to get caught up in that concern? Well, the answer is no. (laughs) Yes, the souls of the animals won't ever be lost. No soul is ever lost. None, ever. We're all connected. We're all expressions of the originating source. We're all going to be around forever. The evolutionary process is forever. So no, that's right. No soul is lost. But fifth dimensional is carrying the dual soul nature. I'm going to start there. What is the mission? Why did we return and take on the facade soul? It's because our mission is when we graduated into that fifth dimensional realm, we took on the service commitment, the service to help the four lower kingdoms evolve. And it was why we returned to the, it's why we returned to the human kingdom, taking on the facade soul and The animals, the plants, and the minerals, all of those souls are equal and as important as as any other. So maybe it seems more clear why we would have a mission or a destiny to help others, other humans. But in fact, the higher selves want to remind each and every one of you that each and every soul is as important as each and every other one. So no, it doesn't mean, oh, well, we just don't care about the animals, boop, boop, boop. Let's just sweep them all aside. They're, they're going to go forward and, hey, they're on divine well. Well, I've been getting into the healing of the animal nature, and there is even healing we can do on the animals. There's a lot of help 
that we can do. And we can demonstrate by caring for animals at whatever level that might be. Maybe you work in a shelter. Maybe you adopt a, uh, an abandoned animal. Maybe you, um, whatever you do to help animals from the smallest way to a large way. Maybe you have a preserve. You've, you've turned your property into an animal sanctuary. Whatever it is you're doing to help others. Maybe you're a vet that volunteers your services to rare animals or whatever. Whatever it is that you do, you're demonstrating all the time how important these souls are. It is simply, it's not only caring for them yourself, but you're carrying that concept by demonstrating the respect for all life. And it's, you can see the movement on the planet itself there is much more attention being paid to animals, much more caring, many more out there. On my trip, I went to eco lodges and I just have to tell you, it was brilliant, that's all I can say. So much care and concern about animals. And it wasn't, I mean, anyway, you know what I mean. It's just an amazing, amazing thing. I see it on YouTube. I see it on Facebook. I see it on television. I watch nature shows. I really love anything animal. So I see the shifts and changes. I've been a nature show junkie for whatever, long as I can think of. And I've been watching nature shows forever. And they are, they carry a different feel now. It's, it's really about caring and respect. You see shows now that show that the Locals are really caring about the animals, how they are incorporating and teaching their kids, even though, um, even though they might have grown up to eat turtle soup. I saw this one re recently. They now have taken on saving of the turtles and teaching it in schools and educating the next generation. And this is really moving in so much. So you see this kind of thing going on around the world, which is fabulous. So this isn't just starting to happen. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. I think many of you, I'm speaking to the choir. And, but I do want to say that this, the paying attention to the animals and the plants, guys, that's another thing, you know, all this movement now to not um, put in the plants, the, you know, pesticides and all of that, all of that is part of caring for that kingdom. Uh, watching certain environments that are drying up or getting flooded or getting um, some sort of pollutants in it, we are now careful because it's not just the birds and the other animals living in there, it's the plant kingdom too that feeds the birds, that brings the beauty and the serenity and everything else to that environment. Plants are equally important also. And I'm sure you all know that. Minerals are too, but I haven't gotten information on the mineral kingdom much, but some. I've actually gotten some, but not to share today. Maybe that'll be a random show that I do down the line. In any case, um, we're here to help. So even though no soul would be lost, we can facilitate their journey. We can help them require, when we do the healing, and I'll get into the healing 
of the animals down the line. I don't think it's going to be right away. Um, you'll see how we can accelerate the journey, facilitate it, so that they don't need to go through as much trauma and drama and pain and suffering in order to get to the other side to learn everything they need to learn. We can facilitate their journey too with the healing, just as we can do with our own journey and the journey of the humanities. So anyway, um, we're all equals, guys. And no soul is lost. Animals are as important as humans. Their souls do evolve. And there will be a book at some point on a soul evolution. Right now, if you're curious, you might want to re pick up my book. It's on Amazon. It's on Kindle. Um, it's called Soul, S-O-U-L, Psychology, Our Journey Through the Human Kingdom Universe. It doesn't really have uh, the animal nature information in it, as I said, but it's pretty fascinating all on its own. The evolutionary journey is the focus that the higher selves have been taking with me for the last, I don't know, eight or 10 years, I would say, and it is slowly, slowly getting it out, slowly sharing it, slowly bringing it into uh, the discussion that we all have here on the planet. Um, it really is so enlightening and really helps with a lot of understanding and expanded perceptions. So you will get soul evolution. Um, <laughs> not sure when. Um, soul evolution and it's the totality from the birth of the planet to the mineral kingdom, the plant, the animal, the human, moving into the fifth dimension and et cetera. So give me time on that one. I have two or three other books before that one, I think there's just there's so much I like to share. I can I am only one voice at this point. There are people that are that I'm sure are out there. that are other voices. I'm just I just don't know about them so much, and I know a little bit here and there, but I have a I have a big job. <laughs> so anyway, okay. So with that. I am going to say goodbye. It's a relatively short show, but last year, last time the healing show was, very, was much longer. So I wanted to keep it shorter today. And I picked this topic because of that. Uh, well, that was one reason. Okay, so I am going to say goodbye. Thank you so much, everyone, for being part of my show. And again, my email address, jvvmrichmond at gmail.com. Contact me, okay? Thanks, guys. I really love you. Janet is a catalytic artist, an award-winning author, a radio show host, and a healer. You can find her on her website, HigherSelfVoice.com, also on Amazon, Kindle, Facebook, YouTube, and on the podcast app on your smartphone. To reach her with questions or for a healing session, her email address is jvvmrichmond at gmail.com.